Welcome back to Puckcast, folks, with Statsman and AJ, Rotoware's signature fantasy hockey podcast. Hello, friends. I'm Paul Bruno in Toronto, Ontario, and you can follow me at Statsman22. My co-host is AJ Schultz, who's a great follow at AJ Schultz24, based in Sun Prairie, Wisconsin, near Rotowire headquarters over in Madison. Partner, we are looking at a week after the All-Star break. I don't know if you had any time to look at any of the stuff that was going on there. I tried. It wasn't my thing. So I, I gave up on it pretty quickly. I don't think I want to see uh, 20 minutes of three, uh, three hockey when people are going at half speed. I don't want to see people shooting pucks at surfboards. I don't want people to dress up like Miami Vice and try and make a uh, fancy shot on a, on a penalty shot. So it was a big fail for me. I don't know if you saw any of it, but uh, if, if so, what did you think? And if not, you probably made the right call. Paul just hates fun. That's that's what I'm getting here. It's just, you know, I think uh, I think the problem is, you know, a lot of times they try and take these events too seriously. We saw a lot of similar things in the NFL uh, Pro Bowl. They had kind of skills competitions, things, little kind of mini game options. So I think you have to find a way to make it fun uh, for the viewer. You got to make it fun for the guys going. I mean, honestly, like we've seen uh, – uh, not Melkin, uh, Ovechkin in years past has like intentionally been like, yeah, I'm not going. I'll take the one game suspension, like just not worth it. Uh, obviously this year they had that moment with him and Crosby and uh, his kid and they kind of passed it back and forth and his kid scored on Roberto Luongo. So um, some fun moments in there. Yeah. You know, some of it was a little cheesy, but uh, I, I'd rather have a cheesy fun time that the players get into uh, then potentially no all-star game at all or, you know, an all-star game that includes, you know, the 20th, you know, starts with the 20th best player because the first 19 guys didn't want to play in it. So um, I'll, I'll take what I can get. It's still fun. And you just have to go into it knowing that you're not watching like peak competitive hockey. True. But there were, there were, some, you know, the dunk tank. I mean, you could have a few laughs with that, but I want to see skills I want to see a game and the game that they put on, the games that they put on were, you know, it was just like shinning at best and they could do much better with that. So hopefully they, they take a lot, a while to think about the showcase that they'll put on next year in my backyard. And I might attend if, if I like what I hear, but uh, <laughs> they have a selling job to do ahead of them. And I think that that should have begun already. In any case, AJ, we don't have a week that was to go through all the stats and things Uh, of a normal hockey week complete with injury news and stuff like that so we will kind of stray from our formula and today what I thought we would do for our listeners is do a deeper dive into DFS play and the sports book ahead of tonight's six game schedule we'll break it up into segments the first segment we'll do is taking a look at the DFS action in tonight's games and uh, what I thought was we'd go by position and uh, do uh, take a look at the high end of the board for centers first, then the mid-range for centers, and then the value area for centers, and maybe take go back and forth in each section and say, who do we like at that position and, and, and the price tags in that area? And uh, just give a little bit of a blurb on each player that might be of interest in each of those sections. So I went high, medium, and low for forward, center, for center def- winger, defense, and goaltender. And then the second half, as I said, we'll take a look at the betting options for the games and maybe some player props. So without further ado, let's take a look at the, the schedule of the top centermen here, AJ. There's like McDavid of $9,900, McKinnon at $9,400, and Dreisaitl at eighty six. Any of those guys merit consideration for you ahead of, as part of your strategy for tonight, or are you going to punt on that and go a little lower? Yeah, the one <clears throat> excuse me, the one guy that stands out the most to me is probably Nathan McKinnon. Um, it's a good matchup with Pittsburgh. They're still stuck using Casey DeSmith, who's given up five or more goals in three of his last four contests. Uh, they are going to get a few bottom uh, bottom six guys back into the lineup tonight. But overall, uh, not having Tristan Jari in goal has me favoring McKinnon out of those three. You factor into that. Uh, since uh, the start of the new year, so since the beginning of January, uh, the defense for Detroit has actually been pretty solid. They've allowed 
just 27.9 shots per game. Uh, one of the, the lowest in the league, fourth lowest again, since the start of uh, start of January here. And so they're looking, you know, to limit shots. Uh, obviously it's McDavid and dry They find ways to score no matter what. Um, but I'm guessing maybe their shot total is a little lower than you might otherwise expect. And that could, you know, maybe limit McDavid to one goal uh, instead of, you know, seven. But <laughs> so for me, I think the matchup has me going with uh, McKinnon here at the top of the board. Yeah, I like that call. A little pricey, though. And so as an alternative, I might suggest a guy like Braden Point. Now, you got to think that Tampa's smarting after getting spanked in a, a rivalry game yesterday on the second of back-to-backs. They find themselves facing San Jose tonight, a much easier opponent uh, on the face of it, it would seem. And uh, Braden Point, for his part, uh, cost $6,800, six goals and nine helpers in his last 10 games. There's not too many big shooters that have been more productive than that. I mean, you know, you can mention McDavid has 20 points in his last 12 games, all in consecutive scoring streak. Uh, McKinnon has 11 points in his last seven. So the big shooters are in on, coming in on a roll. But for me, Braden Point might save a little bit of money and be just as productive as any of the others. In the tier lower than that, let's say in the 5,000s, AJ, anybody catch your eye? Yeah, I think there's a couple of options here. Um, you know, again, to, to go back to Colorado, Evan Rodriguez could be an option here, 5,200. Um, I don't mind uh, the matchup for uh, Seattle tonight. I know the Islanders just added Bo Horvat, um, but they're, they're a much more defensive team. So I think uh, the Kraken, uh, Matty Beniers looks like he's going to be back. 5,100 is his price tag. Uh, and then, you know, honestly, uh, the flip side of that matchup as well, if you want to look at a Brock Nelson with more of the Islanders, uh, you know, obviously he's going to play on a, a slightly different group here with Bo Horvat coming in, but Nelson's still got potentially looks like Anders Lee and Kyle Palmieri on his wings, plus you add in power play opportunities to play with Horvat. So uh, those are a couple of guys that I see kind of in this mid-tier, Paul. AJ, uh, I'm going to pick on uh, the, one of the later games between two also-rans, Anaheim and Chicago. It's the matchup in Chicago. And I like the way Trevor Zegers was playing heading into the break. Six goals, six helpers in the last, night, in the last nine games, pouring lots of shots on goal. Chicago is one of the worst teams in defending, just like Anaheim. This could be a very high-scoring game. Maybe it, we'll tip our hand and say maybe you take the over in, in, a, in a sportsbook play later on in the show. We might be talking about that. For, but Zegers looks like an attractive pick in this in this range i also like dylan larkin the detroit captain who was one of the stars of the all-star uh weekend and fifty nine hundred dollars his price tag he's been a point per game player for this team in the last few years two two goals ten helpers eight helpers in his last 10 games fifty nine hundred dollars the price tag there i'll lead us into a discussion of the lower end of the board aj where we might find some value plays and lead off with the fact that uh, much is expect, much more is expected of Vegas. They have stumbled uh, at times during the course of the season. They got a tough matchup against Nashville, but I like the way Chandler Stevenson has been performing for this team uh, over the long haul, and most recently as well with four assists in his last five games played, now holding down the second-line center role. And uh, an alternative to him, JT Comfer has been uh, very quietly putting together a very nice year for Colorado as the number two center. It wasn't so long ago that that was a black hole for this club behind McKinnon. They didn't know who to put in there, but Comfer's filled the role nicely with 30 points in 48 games played year to date, and six points have come in his last seven games. So there's two guys I'm looking at at the bottom end of the board, AJ. Do you find any other value at the center position? I think you got to at least consider Max Domi. Uh, 4300 is his price tag really pairing up well. Um, you know, he's he's got to anchor that line himself. He's not really playing with any studs right now, Philip Kurashev and Tyler Radish, but I think Tome's year speaks for itself, uh, and he has produced at, at a pretty decent clip this year. He's got five points in his last five games, uh, so I think he's worth a value, you know, a value play at that, uh, that $4,300 price tag. Let's turn our attention to the wing position, partner, and uh... – Again, starting at the top end, maybe you can tell me who do you like if you want to spend some big bucks on the Porter starboard side. Yeah, a couple of options here up at the top. Uh, starts with Zach Hyman at 82, Miko Ranton in 81, Nikita Kucherov 79, Timo Meyer 78 as kind of your top four. Uh, Steven Stamkos, I'll toss him in there. He's the other, the fifth guy above the 7K price range. 
Uh, obviously, the easy one to say is to go to uh, Miko Rantanen and, again, capitalize on that Colorado matchup. But you could save a little bit and go with Timo Meyer instead. He uh, is His name is circulating on the trade boards uh, with 48 points in, in 51 games. He's already got 28 goals, uh, so he should very easily, I think, uh, reach, you know, obviously the 30 mark, could even push for 40 goals this season, especially if he gets traded at some point. Um, but for tonight, he's with the Sharks. Tough matchup, obviously, going up against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, but if anybody from that San Jose team produces, I think it's going to be Timo Meyer. Yeah, Meyer made my short list as well for consideration. But I'm on the other side of that game, AJ. I think I've seen enough of the, the Tampa Bay club to know that when they get spanked, they come back with a vengeance. So I'm expecting big things from the first liners, uh, Nikita Kucherov and Steven Stankos. Both of those guys come in on a pretty good streak uh, Kucherov with 11 points in the last seven games played and much higher than one, about one and a half points per game on the year to date too. So he's just been a steady Eddie chalking up the big points and he'll probably be the the emotional leader tonight as they come out of the dressing room on fire, I think, but don't discount the captain. Also $7,500, the price tag for Stan coast with seven goals, five helpers in his, his last 10 games played. And uh, you mentioned Ranton, and I think he's shown everybody that he doesn't need to rely on Nathan McKinnon to be a superstar in this league. And uh, eight goals and five helpers in his last 10 games is underscoring that stat. But how about the fact that I might include Zach Hyman in the mix here, AJ? Against Detroit, I think Edmonton has a soft, softer matchup than some of the other clubs that we've mentioned in, in this cluster. And uh, Hyman is having a career best season and maybe the best stretch of it comes in his last seven games when he's been averaging better than two points per game in that streak and 60 points year to date it's incredible for me to believe but he might even reach 100 points before all is said and done if he continues anything like he's done in the last month so he cost $8,200 but uh, to me I think I I take maybe one player from this position this grouping because I like a couple of guys in in the mid-range here I look at Jared McCann, AJ, for Seattle, he just has played up and down this lineup all year long, but has produced uh, at a high rate for goal scoring all season long. And he comes in at only $5,100 when you consider four goals, four assists in his last eight games. Arturi Lekkinen, another guy who's emerged from the shadow of some of the big shooters in Colorado. He's played first-line minutes and fit like a glove, and he's got six goals and two assists in the last eight games. You mentioned the, the Penguins are leaking a little bit uh, in the defensive side of the game. So this might be a situation where I, I plug a guy like Lekkonen in. Uh, have you got your eye on any guy, anybody else in the mid-range here, in, say the 5,000? Yeah, start, for me, it starts uh, with Patrick Kane here again, going back to Chicago, you know, Anaheim. You, I think you mentioned earlier, Paul, you could really go on either side of this matchup, both relatively weak teams. So we could see plenty of goals from both. So I think Patrick Kane... At 5,700 is a really good value. He's um, got just, you know, just one goal in his last uh, seven games, but uh, plenty of shots on net and uh, six or five helpers, rather, six total points over that stretch as well. So I think this is a good opportunity for Patrick Kane to keep producing. Uh, and then again, you know, I hate to just go back to the same matchups over and over again here, uh, but Matthew Barzell for the Islanders, he's going to be playing with Bo Horvat tonight. I think it's a great opportunity to use him at just 5,300. Uh, and so, yeah, those are probably the two guys that most stand out to me in this uh, this mid-range tier. I'll take us into the – I'll lead us into the bottom half here and uh, pick somebody out. Uh, not, not to – I'll just quickly mention, I won't over-talk over, over talk about it, but Kyle Palmieri, Islanders, new, new, new assignments – New guys. Uh, um, I think you could also look at a, um, you know, like a, a Lucas Raymond for Detroit. Uh, you know, Edmonton is not as always known for their strong goaltending here. Um, this would be kind of this mid-range. There's a couple options. If you wanted to grab some Penguins, maybe go a little contrarian. You could go Jason Zucker at 46, Brian Rust at 47. So a couple of, there's plenty of options on the wing to go cheap. Um, you know, you could even go, Maybe further down, uh, Michael Rasmussen or Robbie Fabry for if you want to go with Detroit again, bit of a contrarian play, but get somebody that's got some power play minutes. Both those guys in the low three range. For me, I like the call on Palmieri. He got he's got six points in his last five games played since coming off the injured list for 
against Seattle. That uh, looks like a tough game uh, on paper, but Palmieri's been scoring lately. So riding the hot hand when he's coming in at $3,800 is attractive to me. How about Phil the Thrill? Phil Kessel, $2,900 for a guy who's playing second-line minutes, getting some power play time, a couple of goals in his last four games played. But I like the shots on goal, 14 over that stretch. So uh, keep an eye on him if he has the opportunity to unleash that wicked wrister. And finally, Andreas Athanasiu, his point total has been depleted this year by injury concerns, but he does have a chance in, in that uh, tasty matchup we touched on, Chicago at Anaheim. $3,800 his price tag. He's got three points in his last five games played and maybe worth a flyer in that contest. AJ, we'll flip our attention now to the blue line. And uh, again, why don't you lead us off with a look at some of the uh, premium options at the top of the board there. Yeah, you've got, uh, I'll give you three guys that go above the $6,500 price range. Uh, Roman Yossi at 82, Kale McCarr at 74, Eric Carlson at 73, Alex Petrangelo at 6,900 here. Uh, For me, I think despite the big price tag, Roman Yossi probably worth it tonight. Um, We've talked about Vegas being slightly down team. They are playing at home, which is always better for them. You look at uh, shots on goal from defensemen since the start, again, since the start of uh, 2023 here, he's got uh, 51. That's the second most of anybody behind only Dougie Hamilton. So the shot volume is there. The point production is there. Um, but certainly I couldn't uh, you know, begrudge you saving uh, what it works out to about $800 to go with Kale McCarr instead for that good matchup. Um, if you're going to pay up, I think those are the two guys that I would use over, say, Carlson or Petrangelo. Um, but I don't know. Maybe you see it a little differently, Paul. Well, and, and before, I'll preface my remarks, and I probably should have said this off the top. We're, we're giving away hints the, of our strategies here uh, as we go through this process. I like to look at the recent production of the players, the matchups, the line combinations. And I know AJ's pretty much in, in lockstep with a lot of those thoughts and uh, so when I look at defense, I don't know about spending to the top of the board, but you have to be attracted by Eric Carlson and the 10 points in the last seven games played. It's a pace that he scored at all season long, but I'm just a little wary of the matchup against Tampa. So I might take a look at uh, McCarr versus Pittsburgh, again, looking at the vulnerability of the Pittsburgh uh, defensive scheme against uh, a Colorado club that seems to be hitting its offensive stride right now. 11 points in his last eight games, more indicative of the pace of scoring that he had last year more than this year. But uh, I think he's getting primed for the postseason, so we might see more of the same this evening. In terms of a lower tier, I'll uh, lead off with Victor Hedman coming on that second of back-to-backs and smarting like some of his other veterans in that core group. Six points in his last eight games played, costing $6,000 against Tampa might be more attractive uh, overall than any of the top guys that we've mentioned already. So I I, uh, might lean in that direction. If I want to save a little bit more money, I I go a little bit lower in this area. And I'm looking at a guy like Vince Dunn for Seattle against the Islanders. I mean, we know that they struggle offensively, but they are decent defensively. Seattle, however, one of the league's powers in terms of goals per game offensively and Dunn has been in the middle of a lot of it as the power play quarterback, and he's got 36 points in 49 games played, and he's been coming on in the last month. So uh, only $5,200 there. Noah Dobson, again, with the Islanders, has, uh, has played well all season long, 38 points in 49 games played there. So I, I look at both sides of that Seattle Islander game, and I come up with, with value. How about Moritz Sider, uh, AJ? He's got five assists his last seven Six assists in his last seven games played, costing $5,300. I expect a wide-open affair here, and Sider's now looking like the Calder Trophy winner that he was last season. Anybody else in this mid-range for you? Yeah, I mean, absolutely, Maurice Sider is in play tonight, I think, 5300 here. Um, you could look at Tyson Berry, a little bit of a streakier option, uh, coming off a real big game, so sometimes – I don't like to grab a guy after he's just had a, a real big game and, and was really pretty quiet in the, the four games before that, but certainly hit while the iron hot, iron's hot is uh, in play there. Um, yeah, there's not a ton I like in the mid-tier here. I'd rather go kind of to the lower end. Um, I don't hate the idea of using a Bowen Byram, who's, who is coming back from injury. Obviously, there's concerns there, 3,500 capitalizing on the matchup. Uh, and even, you know, maybe looking like a um, 
uh, a Brendan McNabb, uh, really cheap option, could give you a little bit of value there in that matchup for for Vegas going up against Nashville. But uh, for me, I think I'm looking at kind of either the the top or or kind of lower end here in terms of finding somebody worth uh, getting into my lineup. Routinely, AJ, I look in the bottom end too to see if there's any power play quarterback types or second pairing defensemen that might make the grade or a discounted first pairing guy. And I think there's three options that are staring at me here waiting to be picked on my team. And that I'll probably pick two of these guys and, and punt the rest of the, the position. So I look at Devin Taves against Pittsburgh, seven assists his last eight games, started the season slowly, but coming on steadily and uh, quietly approaching the pace of scoring that he was last season when he was one of the top scoring defensemen in the league behind his more stellar and well-known uh, line mate. Tyson Berry, a guy who's bounced around on and off the power play uh, quarterback role all season long in Edmonton. It seems to be he's back in play in that situation. So that alone makes him worth a, a, a consideration. $4,800 against Detroit tonight. He's got five points in his last eight games. Uh, Ken Fowler uh, for Anaheim, yet another defender who much was expected of this guy, AJ, but he started the season slowly and he's picked it up as well. Seven points in his last six games played, costing only $4,300. So for me, I'm likely to have two of these three guys in my lineup for sure to give me a little flexibility elsewhere. Now, with the goaltending situation, I want to, before we jump into the values, I want to ask you, what do you look for when you're looking for a goalie on a six-game slate, AJ? Are you looking for the high win probability, a cheap option because you blew your brains out uh, other, uh, uh, all over the place uh, on your roster? Or what, what is the thought process here for you tonight? Yeah, I mean, for me, it kind of depends on the type of contest you're looking at. So obviously, you know, cash game, I'm looking for the win. I'm just looking for a solid netminder who I can most feel confident in the win. Um, that feels like it tends towards the top end of the, the slate. Uh, usually so makes, you know, kind of some more difficult decisions elsewhere. When I'm, you know, entered into a tournament, a GPP, I'm trying to find maybe an upset netminder, somebody that's going to, get a win, um, but, you know, is not going to be high, high utilization, high drafted percentage, uh, just because he is an underdog in, in, in a matchup here. For me, AJ, it's, it's the win probability. that's obviously a key consideration, but then match uh, besides the matchup, I want to be cost efficient. So uh, I see two high win probabilities here. And uh, one of them is Colorado at Pittsburgh, Georgiev for $7,800. That's a bargain. I, I think that I can't, I think he's my top pick on the board tonight, quite frankly, just because of the, the way Colorado's playing. And also, sadly for you, the way Pittsburgh has been playing recently, they've been banged up a little bit too. And so uh, Eileen uh, Georgiev at $7,800. If I'm going to oh, pay you up, actually mean uh, Pavel Francouz at that price range. He is a confirmed net minor. Okay. Tonight. Well, I'll, I'll take him. I'll take, <laughs> I'll take him too, because I'm looking at Colorado's team for the high win possibility there. So thanks for that correction. Uh, Skinner for Edmonton, $8,200, the price tag. Can you confirm that he's going to be the goalie for Edmonton tonight? Cannot confirm. Looks that way, but no confirmation okay. on that one. I'm, I'm leaning on that. Certainly, I mean, I'm, I'm going to take the Edmonton goalie regardless of the circumstance because I think that's the other game with a high probability. But I like the price point for the Colorado goalies tonight. That was my first and main attraction on this board. Do you see things differently? Um, I mean, I think the fact that you could get Brian Elliott, who we're um, expecting to start, no right. firm confirmation on that. The fact that you can get him at less than the Edmonton goalie, um, saving 300 compared to his teammate Andre Vasilevsky, that offers some definite intrigue. Um, for me, though, you know, talking about the the upset netminder, uh, I'm I'm looking all the way, you know, pretty far down the board here. At Ville Husso for seventy two hundred, really, really cheap option. Um, set to start against. Uh, let me verify. Yeah, we have that confirmed. Going up against Edmonton, I, I think Detroit's defensive work lately has me leaning towards him as a way to save some money. Uh, you could maybe go, you know, maybe uh, Kapokakinen, a little riskier going up against Tampa. But again, it's Brian Elliott, not Andre Vasilevsky, so that's uh, in play as well. Um, so a couple of different options. AJ, we'll, we have gone through the DFS portion of the show. We'll, we'll uh, take a break right now. 
and encourage our listeners to hang on and come back for the sportsbook version of our show. We're going to take a look at some of the DraftKings sportsbook lines and maybe some player props when we come back. You're listening to Statsman and AJ, Rotowire Signature NHL Hockey Podcast, and we'll be back right after these messages. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. All right, we're back, and uh, let's get another reminder from our part- my partner, AJ, about how you listeners can reach out and get in touch with us during the upcoming weeks ahead of the uh, trade deadline, particularly a key period in uh, the season-long fantasy pool calendar. And uh, we love getting the calls and messages, and we, we always weigh in, and it's kind of interesting that AJ and I hardly ever agree, so you're going to get two dis- distinct points of opinion, likely, with whatever you submit. AJ, what do you think? Our weekly reminder, please. Yeah, of course. If you want correct opinions on your trades, you can follow me at AJSouls24. If you want the wrong take, you can follow Paul at Statsman22. Uh, no, of course, we we uh, like to debate these points out there. Um, Twitter is the best way to do it. If you want to watch this show, if you're one of our listeners but have some time, want to watch it live, 
You can find us on the Rotowire Facebook page. Uh, we're usually live up there for this show, or you can also find that link on Twitter through either the Rotowire NHL Twitter. You can find it through my Twitter account, which again, at AJSouls24. But yeah, anytime you have any questions about uh, trades, trade deadline impact, uh, reach out to us on Twitter. And one last pitch for Paul and his incorrect takes at Statsman22. All right. Well, let's let me give some of those incorrect takes as we swing in to the DraftKings Sportsbook portion of our show. We have a six game slate, AJ, and I'll lead, let you lead off, actually, with breaking down the Colorado game at Pittsburgh. I've said enough about that one already, so I thought maybe we should hear more from you about what you think about that contest from a betting point of view. And uh, besides the team oriented aspect, do you see any player props that you like in this one? Yeah, I mean, I'm frankly surprised at the line on this one. Um, maybe getting Kasperi Kapanen and Josh Archibald back tonight. Uh, the DK Sportsbook has more faith in that than than I do. But um, they've got this even on the money line, minus 110 for both teams here, over under the total set at six and a half. Uh, and then right now, uh, even though the money line's the same, the, the puck line you'll see on the site if you go over to the DraftKings Sportsbook and just look at it right away is minus one and a half goals for the Penguins comes in at two plus 225. Um, for me, I just like I said, I'm just so I have so little confidence in Casey DeSmith based on his recent performances. I think you absolutely target the total in this one. There's no question about that for me. Um, DeSmith could easily this very easily four three game. I think there's no question um that could happen regardless of who you think might come out on top in this one uh, i think in terms of the game lines personally i would rather turn to colorado minus a goal and a half gets plus 210 value um i think i think that's more likely outcome i just don't have the faith uh in the net mining for for the penguins right now i hope i'm dead wrong but that's where i would go with this one well, I, I think the overs in jeopardy here. You mentioned already Colorado's going with their backup goaltender, Francis. Pittsburgh's got a lot of offensive firepower, just as Colorado does. So I'm looking for a bit of a shootout here, AJ. Might go to the alternate total line to get more ju- more juice out of this one because it's a pretty flat line at, at six and a half. So that's my thinking in this one. I do favor Colorado to win it. I don't know if they're going to get it. Uh, to the two goal margin that you need to pay off. And it's too narrow a payoff there. There's no value in that actually. So I'm staying away from the puck line side of this one for sure. What about San Jose and Tampa partner? What's the, what's the situation from your, from your point of view? I've mentioned Tampa's on the second of back to back smarting after getting spanked last night. And uh, they they had a short flight to get from uh, sunrise to back to their confines. So that that's not a factor really. I don't think is it. Yeah, I wouldn't expect that to be a factor. Heavy, heavy favorites. They're the biggest favorites on the night tonight at minus 240 on the money line here. Total, again, is six and a half in this one, um, which definitely favors the under based on the line. You can get under six and a half at plus 110. Pretty good value there. Not sure I'd feel as confident about that. Uh, Again, Brian Elliott is expected to go over Andre Vasilevsky, so that's a factor there. And then the puck line, uh, to give up a goal and a half on the Lightning, you're only getting plus 100 value. It's really not enough for me to consider that one. Um, it's just, you know, and I'm not sure I would go all the way to two and a half. I think I like some of the player props in this one instead. Um, I don't hate Timo Meyer anytime goal scorer, plus 135. Braden Point even, who you mentioned in the, the DFS section, he comes in at minus 110. That's okay. Um, it's not obviously the, the best here, but it, it's certainly uh, in the mix for that one. Yeah, I'm going to give you a couple more player props on Tampa to think about. And I mentioned the heater that Kucherov's on at plus 120 for being an anytime scorer. But how about Brendan Hagel, who's having a career year in the mix with Tampa and loving life in, in Florida after being in Chicago? That's quite an upgrade in your possibilities to do some damage in the postseason plus 195 the payoff for him too so uh, i think that's an attractive number and on the flip side thomas hurdle for the for the sharks has been scoring against everybody so i like him at plus 190 to hit the score sheet as well so a few player props for you to consider there take us into the next matchup aj yeah we're gonna go look at uh, edmonton at detroit here uh, comes in Oilers minus 175 favorites. Another game with a total at six and a half here. 
Uh, Edmonton on the puck line comes in at plus 145. I think for me, I mentioned that Detroit's been playing better defensively uh, of late, at least in limiting shots. Um, I think this is an upset opportunity. So plus 150 value to take the Red Wings. I think you almost have to pair that up with the under, right? Like if this game goes and hits the over and has seven total goals in it, uh, I think there's little chance that Detroit was the team coming out on top here. <laughs> so the fact that you can get plus 105 on the under here, I think you you double that up. I th- um, you know, maybe you parlay it, maybe you just take each of them separately. Um, but I like that overall. And then one other one that I was kind of struck by, again, if you're on this thread of limiting shots, uh, the shot total for McDavid comes in at three and a half. And I think the under is definitely in play in this one at plus 105. Uh, I would maybe prefer it a little bit if it was sitting at four uh, and you could at least have that push in play. Um, But I do think it's worth considering uh, that that under there. I am on the flip side of this one, so take your pick, folks. I'm, I'm taking Edmonton on the puck line, plus 145, the payoff, when they win by at least two goals. I think this one could be a route. And uh, in terms of the playoff, uh, the player props, you got to look at the big guns here and, and see them getting multiple points. Uh, Connor McDavid, minus 165 to get one and a half. That tells you how automatic they think that that's going to happen. So I'm going to shy away from that. But what about Leon Dreisaitl? The same bet. Uh, he, he pays at plus 115 to get two points tonight. I think that's certainly in play for me. And uh, the the the, par- the opportunity to parlay Edmonton win with going to the, the over is, is, again, the flip side of what AJ's selling. So uh, diametrically opposed, to, again, their partner, afraid on this one. <laughs> what about the next contest on your on the docket? All right. Another evenly matched one. You're looking at Seattle against the Islanders uh, comes in minus 110 for both teams on the money line. First total that's different (laughs) total for this one sitting at five and a half. Uh, And then the Islanders with the slight edge minus one and a half goals for the puck line comes in at plus 225. I don't love touching anything that uh, requires a game result in this one. If I'm being totally honest, Um, the, the total maybe is the closest there. Um, but this could be a game that's completely shut down or you could see, um, you know, you could see a few goals and it only needs a, a couple to get to, to over that five and a half. I think for me, I'm going to look player prop. I think for sure, Bo Horvat, anytime goal scorer plus 150. I like that one. You mentioned Jared McCann has been really good uh, lately. He comes in at plus 175. You could even look. Maybe at uh, some assist props. Uh, let's uh, let's pull these up real quick. Matthew Barzell uh, minus one thirty-five to get an assist. The value is not huge there. I prefer maybe Matty Berniers to get an assist. Is even money plus one hundred. Uh, so I, I stick totally to player pop in this one. I'm not betting this one for anything that requires an ultimate result. I'm with you, AJ. So I'm scanning the player props to find value here. I like Alex Wenberg playing top line minutes for uh, for the Islanders to for Seattle to be a, a, a anytime goal scorer. The over is uh, set at 0.5, so he's got to score a goal to pay off a plus 135. I like that, and uh, I'm looking for other plus value. So on the flip side, I look at John Gabriel Pajot, who's had a nice last month. I'll say for the Islanders. And he's a plus 130 to score a goal here on that one. Jordan Eberle is a guy that used to play for the Islanders. And minus 105 for him to get the goal scored, I think he's in play as well for me just because of the motivation to stick it to his former teammates again. So those are three player props. I'm completely with you in terms of this one. Staying away from the game props is is the way to go in, in this circumstance. And next up on the docket, partner. All right, so from there, we're going to take a look at Vegas and Nashville. Uh, Coming in at Nashville, slight favorites here, minus 120. Total is set at six, so you've got that push in play. The over on that comes in at plus 100. So the fact that you can get uh, even money, you've got the push in play, I think leans me definitely towards that one. Then the puck line for the Predators comes in at plus 215. As I mentioned, I think the total is probably where I would target this. I might consider taking gold Knights since, again, you can get even money on them at the money line at plus 100. Um, 
I do think maybe uh, a Philip Forsberg goal, uh, goal bet at plus 140 returns pretty good value here as well. So there's a couple plays that you could go here. Um, but uh, I, I think you could justify based on the odds you're getting really taking either side of this matchup. Yeah, I'm going to be on the Nashville side, partner. That plus 215 on the puck line is very attractive to me. Nashville is one of the better home ice advantage situations that I find around the league. The fans really get into it, create a great atmosphere. I mean, the same can be said for Vegas, but the fact is this is when this one's played in Tennessee. So uh, I like the home side here with that healthy line staring me in the face. So I don't need to go to the playoff player props to find really good value. I'll stick with that one. Which leads us into our final game, and I'll uh, lead us off here, AJ, and let you take a breather for a sec. But Anaheim, Chicago, the matchup, I don't think anybody but friends and family is going to be tuning into this one, to be honest with you. Two of the leagues also rans, but uh, it's also possibly the Connor Bedard Cup uh, in play, so you want to have an interest in keeping an eye on that. The visitors are a minus 230 on the puck line. The home side, plus 195. I think that's another situation where I might lean home side in terms of that that particular line. I don't see anything on the game lines other than, other than that particular number that is as attractive for me. So that we be where my focus is. I think it'll be a shootout. And let's take Chicago. Max Domi, you mentioned, is on a bit of a heater of late too. So I'll, I'll bet on them to, to pour more goals against Anaheim, which gives up more goals than any other team in the league. Yeah, I think that's probably the, the best way to go here. Um, trying to figure, you know, what you're trying to look for something fun. Um, you know, the to win in a shutout, you could get the Ducks plus 1,200, Blackhawks plus 1,000. I don't know that we're going to see that from either of these teams. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, obviously, Paul, you mentioned uh, some some pretty good options there. You could look at the game parlays, um, maybe get some more value. You could go Blackhawks over uh, Blackhawks win and over six and a half uh, goals comes in at plus two fifty five. Uh, so plenty of options here to to grab some value. So we hope you enjoyed this detour from our normal fair here on the show, but. We, we want to really highlight some of the thought process that, that we go through on the morning hits that we do with DraftKings. Of course, our friends from DraftKings show are all in uh, in Arizona this week for the Super Bowl. So we are not appearing on um, on their Monday to Friday uh, show this week. And so we get we wanted to give you a, a deeper dive into what the, the work that we normally do over there as a bit of an added flavor, uh, in addition to what you get from us on a weekly basis. And since there were no real game scores and and uh, totals, points, and injury news in the past week. We thought it would be an interesting departure. Hope you find it the same, but fret uh, no more because next week we'll be back to talking about each of the 32 clubs and uh, the news and notes around all of them. But before I sign off, AJ, there's been a lot of noise this week about the playoff format, and that it stems, I guess, uh, you know, you're going to say, oh, yeah, of course it's going to come out of Toronto, but but it stems from <laughs> the situation in the, in the Atlantic Division really, more than anything else. And that is the fact that the playoffs are so predictable already in the in the Atlantic where Boston's going to get a wildcard team and uh, the Leafs and Bolts are going to go at it again. So there's a lot of noise about should we be switching to a one through eight format in, in each conference? And I'll say this, I would like to see, uh, I would like to see consideration given to that just because we're looking at three of the top five teams in the overall standings right now coming from this division. And it's a shame that two of them are guaranteed not to even make the league, league semifinal under the current format. Now, I'm all for the playoff rivalries that they were hoping to get out of this. And certainly the Leafs have caught, I'll speak from Toronto's situation, the Leafs have got one with Boston, they've got one with Tampa. I mean, they've come out on the short end of both of them so far, but they've been really compelling and competitive series. But, you know, the fact that we know in January that some of these series are already guaranteed leaves take something away from the last two months of the season for me. And I don't know where you stand on this, but I get off my soapbox and give you a chance to reply. Well, here's what I'll point out in the ultimate irony of that being pushed right now. If you went through through and did a one V eight in the Eastern conference, you wouldn't get a single different matchup. Boston would get Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh's the lower wild card and Boston has more points than Carolina gets Washington that that matches up the same. New Jersey sits third in the standings in the overall conference standings right now. 
So they would get the Rangers, who are in sixth, and Toronto and Tampa, who are fourth and fifth, would play each other. So you don't get that. That's kind of a, you know, that could obviously change. But um, I was prepared, Paul, to fully uh, 100% agree with you on this scenario. But the problem is, you at least in the Eastern Conference, you don't get any different matchups. Now, on the other side, um, taking a quick look here, you do get Dallas, Calgary. That wouldn't change. You'd have Winnipeg playing Minnesota, ironically, which would still be a matchup, even though uh, Seattle uh, uh, would play Edmonton. And that is actually the same. So, yeah, as I run through this ball, uh, based on the standings right now, you don't get a single different matchup in the first round anywhere uh, in either the, the, the West amazing? or the East. So, yeah, I think it sounds better on paper. Um, I agree with what you're saying. Like sometimes these matchups seem really predictable in that sense, especially as you highlighted in the Atlantic, which has been pretty cut and dry for the last couple of years. Um, but ironically, you wouldn't get anything different right now. That's a very surprising outcome. I'm glad you pointed that out. But I, I think there's still room for those standings to move one through eight, whereas we're locked in uh, in the current setup where it's one versus four and two versus three. Those aren't going anywhere. But I think one through eight, you might see some fluctuation. And that was the point that I was raising, AJ, that not only would it offer the possibility of different matchups and maybe protect us from losing three of the top six teams in the league, let's say, in the first couple of rounds. And and uh, that's overall in the overall standings, by the way. And, I mean, we could also say, do we go one to 16? I'm not really as much of a fan of that, AJ, I'll say, because of travel concerns, maybe giving some teams a, a bit of a problem if they advance, having to gone through some of those travel situations where maybe uh, other, pair, uh, other teams might be in a subway-type series and gain a real rest edge heading into the – following series in the playoffs. So uh, no matter which way we look, th- there's going to be the downside. But I think what, what people want is some the last month or two of the season to mean more than it does to uh, teams in a couple of the fan bases that, that I described in the Atlantic Division. And that's really the point that I'm making because, like you, you said, if we look at it today, no changes. But I bet if we come back in, in, in uh, another month, I think there will be some changes because the races are pretty tight when you look at one through eight in each side. So just a food for thought. And we, we welcome uh, those of our listeners who have an opinion on this or anything else we've done in this episode to, to weigh in with us. But I thought it would be an interesting dis- discussion to have anything else that you're looking for in the next couple of weeks ahead of the trade deadline, AJ, any interesting rumors that you think we should be chewing on? No, I mean, we uh, we saw the first domino fall in, in Bo Horvat. So I would imagine that things have opened up a little bit in terms of uh, phone calls here. May not have to wait all the way till March here to see some, some more deals. Um, I think it'll be interesting what, if any, sort of three-way deals we might get here where, you know, uh, you know John, <laughs> Patrick Kane dips his toe in Arizona for – half a second to eat up some of his contract hit and you know what Arizona might get out of that. Um, so it, yeah, it'll be interesting to watch uh, these kind of cap related moves. Uh, those are always the most intriguing to me, how teams figure out how to circumvent the cap, what they have to give up to do that uh, and how that, you know, changes the return for a team like Chicago that would be selling Patrick Kane. So uh, definitely interesting to watch. Then I want to, before we sign off, I'm going to give you one to think about and get your opinion on this. Boston has a very intriguing circumstance because we all know that they, they got a real break in Patrice Bergeron uh, signing for a song uh, on a one-year contract and David Krejci returning for another song. So they've got their top two centers lined up uh, and they're paying them less than $5 million. It's, it's far less than any other team in the league at the top two center positions. They have to be looking ahead, though, and thinking – one or both of these guys might be gone next year. And so when they look toward the latter part of the season, do they try and hit a home run and get an, another center in play? I mean, there's been some talk about the division rival Detroit having an issue, a tough time uh, locking horns with uh, Dylan Larkin's uh, financial representatives. And is he in play for the wings? And what kind of a, a ransom would Boston have to play in terms of pay in terms of futures and try and get him into the lineup? Uh, for next season and uh, see how that might might look and might change the look of the, the Boston Bruins and the Atlantic Division, for instance. So I, I think there's a lot of things in play for Boston, because, but they also have to weigh 
the possibility of messing around with the, the great vibe that they've got going in their dressing room. I wonder what you think about that circumstance. Yeah, I think, you know, teams that, that are winning always, you know, want to feel like they need to add something. Uh, I don't know if that's the case for them. You consider they could get Jake DeBrusque back here shortly, um, and that will help them uh, kind of bolster things from, from that standpoint. They don't have a ton of cap space right now. In fact, they're digging into their cap space by having DeBrusque on LTIR. So um, they would have to obviously send some cap back the other way. And I just don't see them sending, you know, a, a big enough piece that's eating up a cap, you know, trying to look at who's eating up money and not producing at some sort of level for them. And like maybe Charlie Coyle. Um, well, I, but, I, AJ, I'll interject and say, I've been hearing Charlie Coyle's a piece and maybe on defense, Brandon Carlo is another piece that they might be willing to move. So if you take those salaries out, you may have some room to bring somebody uh, in so let, let's use Larkin as an example. You get Detroit to hold on to some of his salary, and they get some futures out of the Bruins, uh, maybe a top prospect or two as well. And uh, I could see that it's not impossible, but it is it is a stretch to think that it's going to happen for sure. But it's certainly something to think about. And uh, how dangerous would would that make the Bruins if they could just augment their club by adding a piece like the Detroit captain? So. That's why I threw it out, partner, and 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 I heard it through the grapevine. That is is something that the, the Bruins are contemplating. They go for a big fish, and and risk uh, jeopardizing what they have in the dressing room in terms of the good feelings that that they must have going on in this magical season for them. So, it's just a thought. Uh, any any other similar vibes from your end, or are we set to sign off and look forward to some more serious shooting? No, I think uh, I think that's about it. We're we're back. All star break is over. We got a couple of weeks, and then we'll be trade deadline, and then you know it's down to nitty gritty there. So um, we'll we'll see what uh, what comes up here along the way, and what sort of deals we'll we'll see. I'm I'm excited to watch and, and figure out what's going to happen here. Well, you can tell we're both jazzed about the rumors that we're hearing. We'll share some more of them as we get closer to the deadline day. But uh, all this conjecture is going to lead up to some pretty exciting days in advance of the trade deadline. Can't wait to get involved in more of these discussions. It's a good place for us to stop. We thank you for listening to RotoWire's podcast with Statsman AJ for this Tuesday and look forward to getting back to our usual groove next week, as we said. As always, we remind you that we're here to assist you with all things related to your enjoyment of fantasy hockey. And uh, we encourage you to send your comments or questions on Twitter. Fo- follow me, Paul Bruno, at Statsman22. You can follow AJ at AJ, AJ Scholes24. So long, everybody. We'll see you next week.